To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. And of course, this holiday season, any orders over $35 or more, free shipping. $35 or more, free shipping. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn 2.05 APY all through your brokerage account. Secure secure a spot on the wait list and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock, I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, jhairpositivesarcasm.com. Find me on the Instagrams. Instagrams? Instagrams. At positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Or you can see the live stream every Wednesday at my company follow me account instead of like being my friend. Friend. Uh, Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. You can follow me live stream there. Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. Uh, follow me up on YouTube's. YouTube, I haven't posted in there in like forever. Forever, ever? Forever, ever? Forever till you never. Uh, YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, you can find me there. Uh, I'm actually, <gasps> I haven't posted since September 11th, something around there. It's a good day to stop posting. Um, I, I, did, I, I didn't want to follow the one up that I did. I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of stuff going on today. I have a, um, I did not want to follow up the last video that I made for the trip from in San Francisco with something half-baked or something rushed or something unoriginal or something that I just kind of threw together. I don't I have that uh I think I've earned that right to kind of take my time with something, develop a project and tinker with it and not make it, I mean, there's no such thing as a, a, per, a polished, perfect product. Polished, perfect product. When you post it, I will, I will always, as a comedian does, when something gets delivered to any audience, you're always going to go back, look at the tape, and be like, oh, I could have done that better. That 
introduction or that cinematic approach or this timing or the how the runtime just anything in general from a creative standpoint I could have done a better job with this given the situation uh, that's no matter what you could get the perfect angle with the perfect camera with the perfect idea and the perfect this and the perfect that and then you'll look at it again and you go why didn't I do it that way but it's your job is to at least with what you have available to you with the time frame that you're running with with the budget that you do have Deliver the product that you can to the best of your abilities and try not to take any shortcuts if, if you don't have to, okay? I've been working on this project for, I'd say two months. Literally, since I left for San Francisco and came back, I've been working on this project for a couple months now. It was a matter of convenience in some ways, um, but it was a, probably unarguably the most expensive project because it fits into my lifestyle quite well of what I was what I was needing and wanting at the time, the project just kind of fell in my lap and I invested a whole lot into it. More than I expected to, but that's generally how it works. I remember when I was shooting The Incomplete Trickster and then literally had to drive to the seacoast at like 5 o'clock in the morning through a blizzard to a place that was closed. So I had to break in, not break in, but trespass. Only to be driving back and to go flying off the road because the ice was, the ice was melting which cost me like 200 something dollars in tow fees. So that's those unexpected costs of shooting these vlogs and taking the risks that you do to get those shots that you were looking for. And generally the return is never as big as the investment. It's always there, but to satisfy that one little spot in my head that now the idea is out of there and a new idea can form in its place. That's my biggest problem. I don't think it's anything else, and I'll get into the anything else thing in just a second. My biggest problem, in my opinion, is the fact that when an idea is in my head, I generally have to study that idea, follow it through, and execute it in whatever manner it is, whether it's a podcast or a recipe or uh, an idea for a friend of mine, a piece of artwork or a video. And if I don't follow through... With that idea, it's it's like taking out the trash. It's just like taking out the trash, and the, the trash just builds up. And the next thing you know, the new ideas that I have in my head aren't forming. Now, last last time I was doing it, it was week to week to week. So I had to get the do the idea, film it, edit it, publish it, boom, move on to the next one. So everything was churning out. So there was never really anything that um building up inside my head. There was a couple projects, but not enough to clog up my, my brainwaves. Now that I'm, I'm taking more time to focus on these projects, it, the more time it takes, the more stuff tends to build up. And that can kill my creativity. I'm not sure where exactly I was going. Well, yeah, I think I know where I'm going with this. I have an idea in my head. I have to get it done. Even if I have a much bigger project that I'm working on, and then all of a sudden a new idea pops in my head, I have to, in some cases... Stop what I'm doing with the bigger project so that I can focus on the other project. So once that thing is out of my way, I can focus on what I'm doing. That's, and I don't know if that's a, a, it doesn't really always end up like that, but if I have an idea, I, well, obviously, if you have an idea, you write it down and then you go back to what you were doing. That's the whole point. And if I didn't write it down or I'd worry about it later or I'll get to that later, I'll completely forget about it just like anybody else would. And that's why I've got books full of notes. That's why I've got two servers 
full of videos and pictures and audio. And then I can go back to that information, collect it, put it together. And for the last few projects that I've been working on, it's been stuff that I've written down or I've had set aside or now that I'm working, I'm generally doing two projects at once because it's actually, it's way easier. I find it much easier in a lot of cases to, if I have several projects going at once, I don't have to force one to see, I don't have to force one to be done almost immediately. I can shoot video or edit audio here and there. And then when I that project's done, great, that's done. That pile of trash is now can be set aside for a little bit while I work on this one. And it's helped because I, like a couple weeks ago, I was working on a project. It was just a, a commercial project, nothing really crazy. It was just something, an idea to my, I had in my head, but I had the notes sitting in my an old notebook from like a year ago that I hadn't touched. And then eventually I had it and then the video idea came to my mind and I ran out and I gra- I ran for that notebook, grabbed it, shot out, the, shot the project. And that project that I worked on, which was only a minute, I mean, it was literally a, a minute in length that was only posted to Instagram, gave me ideas on how I could shoot the current project that I was working on right now. And now that I've, and because I did that, that eventually paved the way for the project that I'm going to release pending any issues on Sunday morning. So finally, after two months, this is where now, yeah, call back. Now it comes full circle. Finally, after two months of not shooting any video whatsoever, ever, I can now focus on getting this project done. It's basically at its end. I need to add in spe- certain special effects that I've never used before, certain CGI and creative markings that I've never worked with before. But I have an idea of, I've, I've already played with them a little bit, and they're pretty cool, actually. And some of them... I, you, the only time I've re- ever really used them was in a drift one drifting video that was really short and then uh, the beacon which was a, a video short project that I worked on but for the most part I'm actually kind of I'm, I'm excited to get this project because it, it represents everything almost everything that I love about editing video it's there's it's cinematic it's playful it has a certain uh, it's it's aggressive. It has a style to it. It's conceptual. So there, the thing is, is that there, it's not a full finished product in terms of completely polished. Uh, it leaves lots of questions, but it has a certain aspect. I had a certain idea in mind when I went to shoot this project. And it only got bigger and bigger as I continued to develop it. I originally thought it was going to be maybe three or four minutes long tops. And then it ended up expanding because I wanted to stretch it a little bit in some places to get more cinema and drama put into it. And it became more of a bigger concept that's over seven minutes long. More of a concept with a little short movie in there with concepts I've seen about cars on the interwebs there on YouTubes. So I got to take all of that and put it together in this nice, interesting, cool little package and stretch the abilities of my of some of my editing skills to their limits as far as timing and transitions and the gear that I have which could always be upgraded and I'm actually working on that. Uh so that I have that ability I, I now I plus it was a good chance for me to shake off the rust 
of you know do i still have because it does it's like if you're not if you're if you're like a comedian and you're not doing sets you know a few times a week you're gonna lose that edge and you're gonna eventually lose that audience which means you're gonna eventually lose credibility money stage time everything you're just gonna lose that focus you're gonna just quit so i i want to be doing it more often but now that i can stretch i can breathe a little bit when i get into editing though I, 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 you cannot, don't fucking talk to me, basically. When I'm editing something or I'm really in a certain part where it requires a lot of my attention, tedious, moving things back and forth, cutting, chopping, moving, transitioning uh, certain slides to match certain beats of the music, those things require 100% attention and cannot be disrupted by anything, okay? So I... I'm glad that I'm st- I I still have it. I in my opinion for what little I think I do have as far as editing skills, I still have that. I haven't lost it. So I look forward to finishing this up. I'm going to take the rest of the week actually. First of all, I do have a good I'd say another couple hours of adding special effects to certain parts that definitely need it and were designed to have it implemented already in there. I built them for it literally just to be dropped in. And then once that's done, I can review the final product and then have it scheduled for a drop early Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And this project is not meant to be viewed on a cell phone. It, it, I mean, it, it's designed to be viewed on a colorful platform, a large tablet, a large laptop, a TV, okay? It's designed to be designed It's the, for that. It's not like I'm watching the news or a little comedy sketch or something like that on a, on a phone. It, you want full sound you want to be fully immersed in it and you want to have it surrounding you and if you can do that for seven minutes congratulations good for you all right and i will make that very clear and when i when i post it that this is what i expect of you if you are to watch it all right and because i'm getting this whole project off of my chest then i can not on my chest out of my head that's going to make it make it easier for me to focus on the next project which i am already have a lot of video done for but i need to focus on the more difficult parts so now that i got that done it's going to be great so uh be sure to look for that you just go to go to youtube and or go to my website go to positivesarcasm.com and check it check out uh i i list all my stuff there too so you can see that but definitely subscribe to my youtube channel subscribe to my youtube channel go there check that out and then hit subscribe and put, turn on the hit the the bell that tells you when the notifications and stuff and it'll pop up on your phone but it'll pop on your phone cast it to your TV so you can view it so i'm actually i was having i did have a lot of fun making this one it was kind of it's kind of weird cuz since i do everything myself it's kind of i this isn't like new york city it's a little awkward for somebody to be running around with a camera uh in the the parts where i'm at so but i made it work and it was hard it's it's always hard shooting in the dark but so last week I had a guest, so I didn't get a, to a lot of everything that I wanted to get into, but I got, Jesus Christ, the notes are insane from last week. What did I not get to last week? Oh, mu- oh Jesus Christ. Best songs to end your life to when your alarm goes off. Uh, let's see. People spin. I had, um, I was at a dinner party last Saturday, I think it was. Turns out when it comes to, it turns out I'm a pretty straight edge but when it comes to champagne i'm like a full-blown alcoholic and yeah that's 
actually a pretty accurate statement. But let's see, I had a bunch of, I literally, as soon as I had a chance and opened up my notebook the next day when my head cleared up, uh, and I was able to drain myself of yesterday's uh, champagne, uh, I immediately grabbed my notebook and just started writing hard. But, yeah, and the first thing, the first thing I popped up, because I had, there was a New Hampshire's, the first things I started getting to was there was, there was a New Hampshire podcast meet and greet. All the podcasts in New Hampshire got together. All right, and there was a picture of it and everything. Who didn't show up? I didn't. Why didn't I go? Why? Why? When it comes to hey, I'm a podcaster in New Hampshire, and I'm you know, and I'm gaining subscribers, and and I have projects and other things going on all over the state of New Hampshire. So why wouldn't I go? You know, why wouldn't why wouldn't I go? Well, the notes state the following: I have too many ideas in my head to focus on theirs. First of all. Okay, the door is open to them. If they want to come here, they can. And I'm sure whatever they're doing, I wish them well. Uh, I know one of my uh, some uh, uh, an acquaintance of mine. She has her own podcast. She does like a, a crime audio thing. It's called Chris, and she's a great voiceover actress. She's awesome, you know. And she was there as well. But I didn't want to go because I'm too focused on my projects. I don't go to a lot of these meet and greet and business things where you put on a name tag and you talk about your bullshit. I don't feel comfortable there. And I figure like if I'm spending time there, I'm wasting time that I could be working on my projects. So why why am I not focusing on my projects and focusing on what they're talking about, which could possibly ruin the ideas that I have in my head? So, and I'm always, and I never feel like I'm doing enough. You know, I never feel like I'm, I never feel like I'm doing enough to begin with. So by me taking time out to go shake hands and stuff like that, I'm wasting time. So no offense to them, not that they even cared, but I didn't either. So I didn't go. And it ties into this. I have this whole thing. I got this notes with, it has a, it has a, an arrow going here, which circles down to the bottom of the page and then pops back up and it encapsulates this whole body of whatever, and I can read this all day long and study it and shit, and I'll still completely forget about what the hell it all means. So I have to like kind of read it. But I had this at the the meet, not the meet and greet, because I obviously wasn't there. At the uh, the dr- d- drunken dinner party, I had this like. You, the, here's the weird thing: is having a why do you have those random conversations? You never you, people will spend their whole friggin' day just bullshit chatting or tagging people on Instagram, but yet only actual conversation comes around when you are completely shit-faced. And I, that was one of those moments where I had this drunken slash caffeinated because next thing I know, I'm hammered off a of champagne and then I've got two cups of uh, Brazilian bold in me and now I'm completely hyped up and hammered at the same time. So I'm having this drunken conversation slash caffeinated conversation with some girl. I forget her name. I think it was like freaking Rwanda or Wakanda or some shit like that. Um, and half the time she was talking about, I don't know, some business that she wanted to start. And the other half, she was, you know, the other half of the conversation, she was too busy complimenting the host on the size of her tits. But, I mean, despite all of that, because I, for the most part, besides forgetting her name, which, yeah, what's well, fine. I... I don't remember. I'm never going to meet half these people in my life anyways. 
ever again. So I just assume forget their name because that's just one more brain cell that has to be occupied by that bullshit. No offense to them. It's just, uh, you know, stuff to do. But she did bring up a great point. And that point is this. is Well, what is that point? Let's find out. I did write this shit down for a reason. But yeah, she did She did bring up a great point about this this whole thing during the whatever. And it's, yeah, it circles back to why I'm no showing at the podcast. Because the immediate one, people don't, what, she, what did I say? People don't take risks in great numbers besides a restaurant, let's see, besides a restaurant here and there. Okay. That's what she was talking about. Uh, it's it's sort of coming back to me. Some of the, the drunken blood cells uh, in my brain are waking up. Uh, she was talking about how she wanted to start a business. She didn't know how. She wanted to wait until she had certain funds or certain time. Well, you can't wait. This is something I've been preaching since day zero, day negative one, actually, is that you can't wait. You have to start now. You have to kind of stumble your way in. Because she was at, she, I don't know why she was asking me. What the fuck do I know? But the idea is that she was asking me, and for some reason I had some type of answer. Oh, well, you want to start a granola company, or I don't know what it was. So, okay, we're going to need a TN1, and you can't do it in within the city limits because it's against health code. And I talked to this person, and they said that's the case. So what you have to do is you have to find a distributor who you take the ingredients to, and then they take the ingredients, and they put them together, and then they send you the samples, and then you agree on certain samples. And then once you agree on those samples, you have to find the proper packaging. And once the proper packaging is, is agreed upon, then it gets sent to you, you review it, you approve it, and then you have to put up a website, and then you need to make sure that you have uh, your retail part of your website is good to go, and then you got to pay for that and make sure the inventory on there is constantly updated and then once that information is going you have to find out how you're going to drop ship it or what distributor is going to ship it and what's their return policies and is it vegan is it this is it that and then once that's done how are you going to market it well you can market it via social media then if you're going to market it via social media you got to go to events you got to give out free samples you got to answer questions and that's going to take up a lot of your time and it's like well i don't have time well you got to make time you got to make time you got to make time and you got to invest money. And if you're going to do it with a food product, it's going to cost you even more money. And it's going to put your ass in debt, which means that you're going to have to really be not just financially invested in the product or the service, but emotionally invested in the product or the service. That's just how it is. That's what you have to do when you truly love to do something. And you're going to find out whether or not you truly love to do that thing when you're half in debt with it and emotionally busted over it. And some of your friends are wondering where the fuck you went to begin with because you've been spending most of your time at random food fairs or, or random events or you're constantly not going out or watching what you do or not spend, spending a lot of money at dinner because you're so focused on this other thing. And it takes months. It takes years. That's what it takes. And people in my area where I live, besides a, that's where it was. Besides a few restaurants opening up here and there in my area, there the the number of people taking risks here in their dreams is very insignificant. I mean, a couple coffee shops at most. There should be twenty coffee shops in my area. All right, I looked at the map here. There's fucking millions and millions and millions of coffee shops. Tim Hortons, Starbucks, Coffee Bean. All the, well, they're all franchises, granted, but still, there's tons of coffee shops. There's plenty of, if there's tons of commercial coffee shops, there's plenty of room for independent coffee shops. And that's the simplest task. All you need for a coffee shop 
is a fucking beard and plaid shirt. That's all you need. You just need to be a hipster with a plan, and American Express will give you a business card, and, and that's it. You go, for a com- you go find a commercial realtor, you find that shop, you open it up, and the next thing you know, you're going to take in 20% of Starbucks customers. You will. It, I, I know that may seem like bullshit, but it's, it's what people demand right now. That's what people demand right now. So the idea of, of her taking, maybe not, maybe or maybe not taking the risk, I don't know. So all this time invested, all this time invested in talking to her about so many things that require so much time, things that I'm doing myself, why would I bother to go to a, podga- a podcast meet and greet? Another time, maybe, when I have actually more time that I want to go do it, or maybe just not. Maybe just not. I mean, some of these thoughts in my head are pretty raw, but I don't see a point in going to those things if I'm considering it a waste of time. A lot of people would disagree with me. It's all about marketing yourself. I fucking hate that word. I don't know why. And there are a lot of people telling me that it's just not, that's not the, that's not the right way to think. Well, I'm sorry. That's just not in the place I'm at right now. I'm in a, still in a very creative frame of mind, and I want to keep the repetition going, at least with the podcast, and then with the other stuff, with the YouTube stuff, I can continue to be more creative while I build up contracts to do other things. Because the reason I m- got those contracts to do other things is because I was focusing on the concepts that I was making, which allowed me to become a better editor and more conceptually creative, which allowed me to get their attention, which allowed me to get the contracts. That, that is, that's what I'm trying to encapsulate. The notes go on. Uh, oh, about me. Uh, first of all, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to say at these meet and greets to begin with. I generally am, I'm generally mute in most conversations. I don't talk too much. It's, it's healthy. It's, it's healthier just to listen. And if the conversation is, um, just not worth your time. If, if you feel like it's not a conversation, don't be in them. Go meander somewhere else, okay? Most things are not even, they pretend to be conversations, but they're really not. They're generally steered in a certain direction or they're just bullshit chat. And for the most part, I don't feel like, even though I'm standing here, that was the one thing, though. I, I did feel like, even though it was a drunken conversation, I don't feel like I deserved to be in it. I don't know why. I That's another thing. When these conversations happen, there's uh, tons of people you could be talking to. Why are you talking to me? Is it because I responded and you don't know who else to talk to and you're insecure? Or And if that's the case, well, then okay. But I still, even by with talking to you, I don't know if I necessarily feel like I deserved. I, I feel like I don't necessarily deserve to be in that conversation, standing there talking to you. Why am I talking to you? I'm flattered. I guess, to be talking to you. And I hope that your hopes and dreams work out, that you pursue these things that you're talking about. Uh, I just don't feel like I should be allowed to be standing here. So I, I do. I don't know. It's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm like, cool. I guess I can be a part of this this whole thing. But, I mean, they're telling, you know, the, it's I was there. I don't know if they were asking me questions simply to get them out of their head and they weren't exactly expecting an answer. But I had an answer. I don't know if it was the right answer, and I delivered it. The, can you tell the, the the freaking mental warfare that goes on in my head while somebody's talking to me? That's another thing I wrote down in my notes. You know, so 
what I what else did I write? They're telling me this these things uh, like I don't even belong to be stand. Yep, I already mentioned that. Um, oh, these are the other things. So if we're if you're standing there having a conversation with somebody, you're just chatting about it. You have an I you're chatting about it. You have an idea in your head. You are just like okay, whatever. You know, oh blah blah blah. My kids like that. Or do you even think? Do you ever think about this or politics or culture or religion? Blah, blah. Okay, you're talking to me. I'm thinking things like, do I even belong to be standing here? House, and then that's that one, which we've already talked about. And then the other one is, uh, how close am I standing? Am I cornering them? It, how's my breath? How's my hair? How's my appearance? So my aesthetics, my aesthetic thing is now coming into play. How is everything there? Am I standing too close? Should I take a step back? Am I aware of this while I've drank too much? And have I drank too much? Am I slurring my words? And in my head, I'm saying, well, I think you should get this TN1, and you, it's about $25, and then you apply with the state, and you'll have it within two weeks. And if you don't, you give them a call, and here's the other things you can do while you're waiting for that. When in reality, I could be sounding like, that's another possibility. That's another possibility that could be going on. Okay, you could be standing there saying the most eloquent things, literally talking like it's Shakespearean and Latin and shit, and your fucking zipper is undone, or you got toilet paper on your shoe. And these are the all the these are all the crazy ass thoughts that I have going on in my head at the exact same moment that you're telling me about your hopes and dreams, and that sucks because you're telling me your hopes and dreams, and the there's a the honest truth is I may not even be focused on you even though i'm fucking drunkenly staring straight at you through the back of your head okay and at the very same moment that i'm doing that or appearing to do that i am completely thinking about all these other things at the same time no offense I'm fucked up but I'm thinking these things, you know, am I, am I surrounding them? Am I standing too close? Am I, ma am I making it more difficult for, your, for your, your friend to intervene at the right amount of time to set the, well, I mean, it's not necessarily, but, quote, the cock block in place so that she can get out of the conversation? I think about these things because I do, I always want to give a person an out because maybe they wanted to chat for two seconds. Maybe they wanted to chat for two minutes. Maybe they did want to chat for 20 minutes. But I always want to give them that out. Like, okay, maybe I just said something and now they want to go this way and I'm going to continue to stand here and think about what everybody else is doing and then, okay, they're heading downstairs and now it's time for me to give the old Irish goodbye and get the hell out of here. And generally at a party when everybody starts to gather around the beer pong table, the Irish goodbye for me immediately kicks into effect and I am out the door, though. Okay, Corso out the doors, though. I immediately get in my car and I'm gone. I feel at that point, the, the party has passed me by. The welcome is now gone. I need to go and let everybody else have fun. You know, me standing there and watching people throw balls in cups, uh, I'm not contributing to the situation, so I need to exit stage left. Or right, I don't know your politics. Um, but yeah, other, other things you have during conversation, you know, Am I slouching? Am I cornering? Am I preaching? Am I talking too much? You know, the, and I'm, these are, these are all the things that I'm, while we're just chatting and it could be a harmless, you know, how do you do? These questions are there in my head the entire time. And yet still, 
always remembering to give them that much room so their friend can parachute in at the last moment and get them out of there, like extracting them from military operation. Blue team, go! So, yeah, <laughs> yeah like fucking, like Tango 6. Like Tango 6 is the person I'm talking to and she's taking heavy fire from my drunk ass, you know. She come, you know, her, her sister comes in, lays covering fire and gets them out of there to the safe zone. Talk block. That was the word I was looking for. So, um, that was, you know, so the conversation basically just consi- consisted of, you know, her starting a business and, um, cleavage, cleavage envy. <laughs> that was it. That was, but I have to say, uh, I did have a good time. I did have some good champagne. I did have too much good champagne. And that was pretty much it. So besides doing that and the uh, video that I've been working on, I actually had a pretty decent weekend. I felt like shit Sunday morning, but for the most part, felt pretty good after all it was done. And uh, yeah, so those are my initial thoughts. Literally just one little encounter with another human being this weekend. And that's where... Uh, and that's where that whole thing just kind of sprouted. Like that whole tree of inf- of thoughts in my head sprouted to all the notes on the paper. And that's, if you're a much more uh, articulate person when it comes to writing notes down and letting them populate your head and you know, you'll do a better job than me because I had the notes. I need the notes to read from. Just that's how it goes. And by doing this podcast weekly also, it allows me to do a better job clearing my head. You know, I had one of these collaborators talk about how uh, she had her ADHD and all this other bullshit, you know, stopping her from, you know, getting things done. And I went off on a fucking tirade once again about ADHD and how this disorder is quite largely BS. And you and I essentially yelled at the person for thinking that they had a disorder when in fact that their doctor had the disorder to begin with. Because I think it ruins the quality of your thought process. If you're a creative person, be creative. Just go out there and be creative. Don't worry about whether you're constantly being distracted. You're constantly being distracted by things that are far more interesting, far more creative, and far more fruitful for your brain. You don't follow the normal pathway of, a, of an average human being who basically, according to the information that I read, has an average IQ of about between 90 and 100. Which means that half the people, half of your friends, half of your family... And, and half the population and half of your coworkers are fucking morons. So that means that your distractions are far more interesting and far more intelligent than anything else that be going on. And chances are, if your spouse or or or, or loved one, your boyfriend or girlfriend, or whatever, is the smart one, that means you're the fucking idiot. Chances are, according to the average statistics in the United States. But for the most part, if everything else is so boring, it's because it's a waste. For the most part, it is a waste of your time. There are far more interesting things that you can be doing, that you should be doing, because that's your future. All right. And if English arts is not your, then if English arts or math or something is not your future and you know it isn't, then that should be minimalized. That should be minimalized in your agenda. Yes, you should still have a you know, read, write, and arithmetic, you should still be able to know how to do the basics of that shit. But then again, you go to school every friggin' day or you go to college every friggin' day and you leave college and you can't even, yet you still can't even calculate the amount of debt that you have or how long it's going to take you to get out of that debt 
or how much money you're going to need to work at a job, a bullshit job, for how long at that job to recover from that financial ass raping that you got from four years of college and the amount of time you wasted spending it on who knows what. So my thoughts there are ADHD is not ADHD. It's just there's too many other things that are interesting. There are perfectly healthy and normal people, normal or highly intelligent people that did really well in school for all the normal basic shit, calculus, uh, high English, bilingual, all that, whatever, and a dean's honor list, and yet you'll see those same morons scrolling through Instagram for like an hour, chatting about their problems on Facebook 24-7, going off on a 140-character tangent on on Twitter, trolling people on, on freaking Reddit, 24-7. 24-7. These are the highly intelligent people that got freaking three O's or four O's in high school and college that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. They're scrolling like everybody else. Yet you, the one with the ADHD or ADD or anxiety disorder, are far more creative and won't get distracted but may not get distracted by that bullshit as easily. Granted, you may break a cup of co- uh, a coffee mug or two or drop something or, I don't know, you may just be distracted by stupid things you do during the day. But for the most part, you have just as good as an opportunity or better opportunity of doing better things for the world or more interesting things for the world than the more intelligent people or the more, well, uh, what is it? Socially optimized people, I guess you'd want to say. I'm, oh, oh, institutionally, institutionalized people. Who know who went to school and nailed it, okay? I had kids in my high school and kids in my college or kids in my high school. They were killing it, you know, valedictorian. They were destined to become valedictorian. And by high school, they just fucking said, fuck it. They just said, screw it. I'm not even going to waste my time. They literally just skated through the last couple semesters, ended up obviously with a really high GPA anyways. And graduated, but nowhere near valedictorian. We had one kid who got a 1430 or 1450 on his SATs. Didn't even graduate in my class. I graduated like 81 out of 84. And this kid stayed back a year so intelligent that he was lazy to the point where he had to be held back a year to graduate high school. Another kid who graduated with high honors in my high school went to college and got so drunk and disorderly in his first couple of years of high school that UConn threatened to kick him out. So my thoughts to you, the listener, the viewer, the person who thinks that all their distractions in life or their creativity or whatever or their job sucks or this, I don't know, whatever. Don't think for a second that your life can be solved with a fucking pill an Adderall or an ADHD medication or an anxiety medication or a psychotropic medication. That's bullshit. Your your creativity is the most important thing that you have to offer to humanity. I cannot emphasize that enough. And for the amount of medication and, and bullshit information being handed out there, it's that that's the one thing that... Cl- that is the big separation in life where you are you have all these thoughts in your head these great amazing thoughts great amazing concepts and ideas and 
possible cures or treatments or inventions. You could be the next great YouTuber, the next great philosopher, or which we definitely need a lot of, next great comedian. Somebody gives you that pill. Gone. All those thoughts get suppressed. You now never again, because you took those pills and suppressed that information, for the most part, that can curb all that and will and, and can sideway and can sideline your creativity. And forever the blessedness of your existence is lost. And that's fucking tragic that a doctor or a, or a therapist that makes six figures to a million dollars a year can do that to somebody. I think that's wrong. I do. I think that's wrong. And the same goes for somebody who, for the most part, it live is in, it lives in a or works in a shitty situation where people say stupid shit day in and day out. They're fucking annoying to the point where you want to take a drill bit and just put it right through your ears. You just want to you just want all the noise to go away. But you know because you're just you're, you know that despite all that bullshit, you're gonna be able to get out of work. You're gonna be able to go to the gym or focus on that project and do other stuff that takes that edge off. So that you can continue to, you know that one day you'll be able to get out of there because you're focused on this next thing. And then somebody puts a pill in you so it says, well, you've got depression. You've got anxiety from your bullshit job with, with a bullshit design. Or, or, you know, they don't know what they're doing. But for you to handle that job, just for you to deal with the job a little easier, they give you that fucking pill. They put that pill in your head, which make, takes that edge off, which makes you less aware of humanity. Just a little less aware of humanity. But it makes you a little less aware. It makes you a little less uh, appreciative of how fragile the human per, uh, human is. And this is another. This is and this is what happens with mental illness. People should be sad. People should be anxious. People should be all these emotions. By uh, understanding and absorbing all those emotions, it allows you to be uh, more uh, understanding of how to control them. So when you focus on your own nutrition instead of having a doctor do it for you, by focusing focusing on your emotions instead of having a doctor subscribe something for you, for to focus on your own recovery as a human being instead of having a doctor do it for you or relieve the pain to it, you can be in better control as a human being. You can be in far better control as a human being than have somebody else do it for you. Because when you when that medication subsides, or that pain comes on and you've never and you were not calibrated to handle that type of stress you're going to crack so much easier given that situation that you'll break and you'll do something stupid whether to yourself or to somebody else so if if i cannot stress it enough to do your own thing to accept the bare minimum amount of responsibility as far as other people's thoughts and feelings that you know are bullshit. Okay, if you don't need to talk, and you if you don't need to talk to a person who is nothing more than a distraction, who wants nothing more to vomit all their fucking problems onto you, you need to remove those people from your life because all they are is a distraction to what you're trying to accomplish. There's a lot of good points in what I'm in what I'm vomiting to you right now that. Anybody who is 
a pain in the ass, whether they are a temporary pain in the ass or a long-term pain in the ass, you need to remove them from your life. Anything that is a pain in the ass that is not part of your of your of the discipline of life, whether it's you know uh, taking care of where you live, what you drive, what you eat, your body, your mindset, setting aside time for what you need to do at home, what you need to do just in life in general to get your shit together so you can focus on your dreams. It's all about focusing your dreams because it's all going to be over very soon. It's all going to be over for you very soon. And by you not at least getting ahead of that and focusing on your dreams, the earlier the better, you're going to be so fucking regretful of all of that when it's all said and done. And man, that fucking... The look on your face when you realize that you didn't take those risks and follow those dreams and those thoughts that you wrote down or recorded or you passed by that restaurant that you never tried or passed on that vacation that you wanted to go on or didn't say hi to that girl or boy or whatever that you wanted to say hi to. That will fucking kill you. There are obviously some in life that you can be like, ah, eh, no big deal. But when people pass on way too many, way too often. And I've seen what regret looks like at an old age. I've, I've looked into the eyes of what pure regret looks like. For, and pure regret is pure irresponsibility on that person's part. Them not following through on what they wanted to do because maybe they racked up too many external responsibilities at such a young age. Kids, debt, uh, family issues, or what a cr uh, criminal record. I don't know, anything like that. Just too many external things that hinder you from following your own dreams. And there are... It, it sucks to know that I, I know what it looks like, so I know now at least... How to avoid the vast majority of them. And I urge you as a human being to, if you have a dream or something that you want to do or focus on or just whatever it is, if you have a thought in your head, follow it through. See where it takes you. Write it all down. Record it. Get after it. Go back. Then accomplish it or go do it. Practice it. Go back and review it. And then repetition, you know, repetition. Go after that. Something will build because of it. You'll feel cleaner emotionally and mentally after you do that shit. You will. I mean, if you, know, you everybody watches comedy specials and they see the finished product. You have to see. You have to go to a comedy club and and watch the watch the product, watch what they're doing in, in its its natural form, in its pure form, an unfinished thought, searching for the ideas and the humor and the the point of it all. And then adjusting the wording of it and then tightening it up. Like, I'll put this out on Instagram and Facebook or whatever. Like, I'll put this thought out there. But not in this form. You'll see it tightened up and the dead air cut out of it. And then you have nothing left but just the, the actual thought of what I wanted to convey in a much cleaner format. I could say something in 7 to 10 minutes. I can have it compressed down in one minute. Or 30 seconds even in a much cleaner way that gets the point across of what I was trying to do. And it could take me between 10 and 15 minutes to say it. But if I didn't take that extra 10 to 15 minutes to say it, 
then you'd never get that 30 seconds to one minute. I've said the same thing about shooting video. I can shoot one hour of video. That can amount to a grand total of 30 seconds to one minute of actual footage when you break it all down in its cleanest form, depending upon the situation. Sometimes two minutes turns into two hours, but for the most part, one hour turns into 30 seconds. That's just generally how it goes. Unless you are a big budget you know, crew, which I am not. So when I see somebody talk about I have a, an ADHD or a disability or a disorder or something like that, I generally call bullshit, not on them, but the people who are telling them that, who have drilled that into their mindset, like something's wrong with them. There isn't anything wrong with you other than the fact that you're not following through on the creativity that was installed in your brain the minute you were born. And that you haven't been, you've wasted all this time not developing that creativity. So I strongly suggest that you start now before you regret it later on in life. That's the worst thing I've ever seen on a person is large amounts of regret. So I thank you for allowing me to express it just as that thought. So if you have any questions or or thoughts about how this literally all started from a drunken conversation of, of a girl I'll never meet again whose name I don't even know, which doesn't really matter, then yeah, let me know. But that's how it all started. It all started from that thought and then just a fucking supernova happened or whatever, big bang, and then all this information just popped out. Next thing I know, I'm writing like a madman. So um, I, what is it? We're at 47 minutes. Holy shit. I've got 13 minutes left uh, and I had all kinds of stuff as usual and then blew right through it because I went on, I got on my fucking soapbox about a drunken conversation. Good. That's what this podcast is. All right, let me get to Q&A. Oh, my God, I got pissed like a son of a bitch. Ugh, all right, let's get to some Q&A, actually. There were some good ones last week, but I find that sometimes these converse, these uh, Q&As sometimes skew uh, kind of man-bashing, sort of, but some of them are justified. Now, let me just say they're good questions, so I like to entertain them. If I find it's a good question, then it's like, okay. Um, let me see. Which ones did I? Let's see. Can, can I convince my? Okay. Here's here's a here's the first dig Q and A. How can I get my husband, who is also my boss, to pay me regularly for my work? My husband started a successful business 22 years ago. Well, good for him. I joined his staff as a full time employee 13 years ago. I have an advanced degree in a field that is relevant to the business. The problem: he won't give me a paycheck! Exclamation point. He simply puts random amounts of money into our checking accounts at random times. He says, quote, you are paid six, you are paid uh, six times a year. Yeah, you're paid six times a year. But I never know if I can afford to buy a new lamp because I don't see any accounts. He brushed off the subject when I raise it with him. How can I convince my husband that this behavior is paternalistic and demeaning? Well, I wouldn't try to convince him of that. I would just say simply put, you're an employee of a company. Okay, always separate relationship, personal and business. I think you should always separate those two, okay? I've learned that you just can't put those together. I've learned the hard way and the easy way. You just can't, don't put them together. It's a fucking mess. Uh, Should he be paying you uh, twice a month, twice a week? Yes, no doubts about it. Should you have access to the accounts? I don't know if you should necessarily have access to the accounts, but you should be getting a paycheck, period. And the way it is in any business, 
if you don't get paid, you don't work. That's it. If you don't get paid, you don't work, therefore you quit. I don't see any reason why you should continue to be working for this and you should take your advanced degree and go work somewhere else. And obviously, since it's a if it's it's one thing, it's if it's a professional workplace, you're working for your husband. So your husband's gonna feel it. He's gonna be upset by it, he's gonna get pissy, then he's gonna realize, oh shit, well, I don't have to pay this person anymore, but now I don't have this person available for me to utilize their skills and I have to hire outside. I've also pit and also, P.S., I've also pissed off my wife. So find that route and travel it and start with the business approach of it. And for some reason, if he, if he takes it as uh, personally and it starts going down that personal road, i.e. your marriage, then that's a topic that's going to have to be broached. But for now, listen, you don't get paid, you don't work. And it has to be uh, at it every, single, every two weeks or twice a month as they do in some companies. You get paid. S- simple as that. And yeah, if he won't let you see the accounts, I, I understand. But for the most part, you should be getting paid. And it should be a set amount. It should be within a range. So, yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if if I don't get paid for something, I won't work it. If I, decide, if I agree to work for free or work for content, that's another thing. But yeah, fuck that. So that was one of them. Uh, yeah, we already went over that one. That one was a lot of funny. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a weird one. We went over, well, I've gone over weird ones. Should I tell my children how turned on I am by their father's smell? How common is amazing long-lasting chemistry? I mean the kind where you smell his t-shirt and lose your mind. Well there. I know the standard answer is that it's infatuation. Wears off in a couple months, etc. But my husband and I have this, and it's been 30 years. Seriously, I bury my face in his chest, get a good whiff, and it's on. Okay. Stop sweating. And he swears that I never smell bad. I just smell more like me, which is hilarious. But I can confirm that his dick agrees. She's she's aggressive. And now our kids, now our kids are adults. We're having serious conversations about long-term relationships, and I wonder, should I tell them to hold out for this kind of chemistry? This seems unrealistic. That seems unrealistic, but I'm sad for people who don't have this. What should I say to them? Okay. you are, First of all, you have a great connection with your husband. Fantastic. Ride his dick until it breaks in half. Second of all, the, the how do you word it gently with your kiddos? They'll always be your kiddos no matter what. No matter what. They could be 37 years old. They're still your kiddos. Chemistry is important. First of all, your kids should focus on their chemistry. Uh, they, You can always say, expect this from your partner. Expect this from your partner. Expect this. From, first of all, your kids need to know not to have bad breath. Uh, they need to have great hygiene. They need to have a great uh, presence about themselves. They need to look like they're relatively in shape. <laughs> they need to be intelligent or in some form of strong intelligence, creative, able to hold a conversation, have proper chivalrous manners about them, social manners that are appropriate. They need to have all these things before they can have a set of standards for the people that they're looking for in life. Chemistry is, you can tell them that when it comes to chemistry, certain a, a person can smell wrong, a person can look wrong, your gut instincts will tell you whether or not this is worth pursuing or not 
and it may not be immediate immediate there you may um approach these approach it from some angles and be like yeah i i i like it there's a certain vibe that i'm getting that i'm enjoying this situation and then next thing you know you could be in a different situation with the very same person and you'd be like oh that kills it for me just like like dead in the water it can it can it can happen it can happen over a long period of time or it can happen in the blink of an eye it can happen almost immediately that you're with this person that you're vibing with really well and then this one thing happens and it just it just kills it for you or something and vice versa so you and you have to approach these topics with with your sigs with your sig others you do and you have to and when you're explaining that to your kids you got to put it like that you can't say i bury my face in his chest because that's dad come on that's dad you know your kid your your daughter if sees a picture of your dad at like age 30 or something and he's in shape it's like oh dad was a handsome looking fat you know dad you know your your daughter can be like yeah my you know dad was a handsome looking man back in his 30s and be like and your response your response can't be man i used to sit on his face every other day uh it, that's no that's like okay mom we're taking the kids and leaving bye no you can't approach it like that there is a first of all you have to learn uh, uh time and place and subtlety so you have to learn how to um describe your significant other without grossing your kids out so there is a way to there you should explain chemistry in, in a proper manner to your kids uh you can't say that you know things like uh it's on and the how much yeah you gotta be a little more smooth on on the on the approach there champ so those are let's see and then i had one more and then we're gonna close up shop for today okay okay this one's i was just talking about work let's get after this one do i have a recourse do i have recourse after getting fired after a director at my company found out i'm in a 12-step program okay I'm a divorced woman in my mid-40s. For the past 40s, for the past eight years, I have been attending a local 12-step program for sex addiction. Sex addiction. Addiction. We can just leave out the sex addic- sex, and just put addiction. Okay? Uh, uh, alcoholism, drugs, whatever. A few weeks ago, a new person came to our meeting, a senior director at my company, several levels, several levels above me and not in my direct line of reporting. But it's a huge, org- not a huge organization, so everyone is at least a bit familiar with each other. I didn't worry about it because of the 12-step program's tenants surrounding anonymity. However, about a week later, later I, was, I was fired because I was told that the organization had come into re- reliable information that raised grave concerns about my character and conduct. During my meeting with HR that led to my firing, I was told that the issue concerned behavior outside of work that was serious enough to require this outcome, but that there was no issues with my actual work performance or behavior at the office, which had been both exemplary. I am writing because I'm not certain if I should violate the 12-step organization's anonymity policies to report what had happened. It would go against the tenant, all the tenants of my participation in the recovery program, but, well, I need my job and didn't deserve to be fired. Any insights would be appreciated. Okay, unless you sign something, unless you sign something stating something to this effect, the first thing I would do is go to the uh, go to your state empl- or your city's employment office, find lawyers. The first thing you should do is lawyer up and sue this company into the fucking ground. 
There, there is nobody's business at your job, nobody's fucking business, what you do outside of work. I don't care if you're a goddamn Nazi. It is nobody's fucking business what you do outside of work, period. You are in a recovery program. You were not convicted for anything. You were being responsible for something that you felt you go a little sideways on. And this person showed up as well, and all of a sudden it raised concerns because suddenly your job is like fucking high school and gossips everywhere. The first thing you should do is lawyer up and bury them. And the next thing after you do, after you after the state or the, the courts rule in your favor, is buy a fucking island and set half of your money on fire because you got fuck you money and that company doesn't exist anymore. You are being a responsible adult about what you may think is a, a, a hindering of your personality or of your performance, and they fire you because it's a concern for their well-being. Sue the shit out of them and don't let up for a second. Get all the lawyers you can. Take everything that you can. Don't settle. Burn them to the fucking ground because that's what they deserve. I have absolutely no respect for any company that would consider anything like this, even at a lesser degree. I'm talking one-eighth of a percent of the degree. One-eighth of a percent of the degree, is that an actual thing? I don't. Bury them for everything that's worth. You are in your mid-40s, and you cannot afford to go back to college, put your degree out there. You were fired for what you do outside of work that has absolutely no conflict, zero conflict for your job. None. Bury them. And don't even hesitate. Don't be agreeable. Don't be uh, uh, cooperative or compromising. Sue the shit out of them. Make them remember that you were there. And retire. If you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on the Facebook. So you can just look up positive sarcasm. I'll pop up some way somehow, somewhere. I'm on some other social media platforms, but definitely not Twitter because fuck Twitter. And um, that's pretty much the end of the show. I definitely went on a... This is a crazy, crazy show. I definitely, I, I got to listen to this one. I listen to all of them. I listen to every single one because I need to know what I said. I definitely need to know what I said in case somebody asks me a question. I kind of want to remember something to some effect of what I said. But uh, for, yeah, I guess that's it. You know what's funny is uh, we're coming up at the end of the year. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do any more reflecting. It's been an hour. I've gone long, I've gone long enough. I gotta, I gotta use the bathroom, and uh, I we're, we're at an hour. We're good. We're good. All right, we're finishing up. Um, if you want to find me on YouTube, you can find me on social media. You can find me. Uh, you can find me on fucking Yellow Pages for Christ's sakes. You can look me up if you want any posing music or you need to ask questions or whatever. Just go to my website, positivesarcasm.com. I got all kinds of information, all kinds of stuff. You can reach me for any reason. If you want to be a guest on the podcast or you want to just sip coffee and watch the podcast, just contact me directly any way you know how from the website or whatever and stop on by. Next week, uh, the podcast will be uh, recorded a little earlier in the day. 
so that you uh, gobble gobble heads can enjoy it on your uh, on your Thanksgiving off. Hopefully, uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, which I will do again next week. And until then, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. Find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, wherever you find podcasts. Most likely, you can find the Positive Sarcasm Podcast. So once again, thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Like it wouldn't happen Making sense of anything that you could find Because it's just about to happen And you'll be there You must have known the storm was coming When the clouds appeared
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.